0: is good. So praise God. Um, So we're going to pick up where we left off. Last time we were talking about the spirits of uh, Jezebel and Ahab. Uh, We're talking really about uh, Pharaoh as well. We led with him because he is more of a dominant figure and he dominates in the the realm of world politics right now. Uh, You'll see his influence very, very easily. Uh, in, in the affairs, everybody's trying to take over. You see dictators now making moves on countries that uh, they want to overwhelm and overtake. Uh, you see many things, laws being enacted, uh, the laws in this land regarding the, the uh, COVID lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, quarantine is when you seclude a sick person from the well population. But you don't ever seclude well people for their good. There's something wrong with that thinking. There's there's no such medical precedent anywhere to keep healthy people locked up. Amen? This is not that's not even how it's not consistent with the way disease spreads either. And so there are some things here, nor do you withhold certain medications from people. Uh, that have been proven to be effective and inexpensive in favor of a vaccine that hasn't been tested. So this whole thing is part of Pharaoh's. This is how he operates, folks. This is, this is people get these ideas from spirits. And when you see these ideas infiltrating in areas that rule over men, then God wants you to step in and start to pray and take authority over these things and bring them down. You see how a lot of these COVID restrictions, they're talking about doing them again, but they're not moving on it. That's because of your prayers. That's because of the prayers of the righteous. Amen. That is why. There's no reason why people were so gung-ho on it before and all of a sudden it's kind of died down a little bit. That's a result of prayer. Prayer always brings exposure. Prayer always brings truth. Prayer always brings light. And this is what God does to expose the evil in in every area of life. It's not just relegated to government. Now, we said these spirits operate wherever they get an opportunity, but they like seats of spiritual authority. They like seats of leadership. They want to control things. And so Pharaoh, Ahab, and Jezebel are controlling powers. They're controlling spirits, and they Will attack the minds of people who are in charge of things and give them what seem to them to be uh, reasonable ideas and reasonable uh, interventions and reasonable things. You know, is if your reasoning is dark all the way down the line, it's you're going to come up with dark answers to things. And it's not until God's people pray and God can shed light on something, can people understand. Uh, what what it is that that they need to do in order to get free or in order to stay free. And so when when we see these these powers bombarding the minds of people and bombarding our thought lives and and bombarding uh, areas that have control and access to people's thoughts and all this kind of stuff, then we need to stand even stronger and pray even and more diligently and not slack down. And more than anything, don't you succumb to that way of thinking. Don't you get soft in your stand on God's word because it's no time to get soft. It's a time to get more adamant in trusting God and declaring his word. And so uh, when you see things like this going on, uh, stand firm in what God has given you. You know, uh, there aren't many times in your life where your life will be at risk because of your your needing to speak up over God's word. You know, pretty much people can share Christ. They can pray for people, but it's getting tougher to do it openly. It's getting tougher. We've had some subtle uh, subtle attacks on free speech. We've had subtle attacks on Christians preaching. But they're getting more blatant now. And why are they getting more blatant? Because the enemy feels like he's got more people indoctrinated to his way of thinking. He thinks that he's got more people indoctrinated to his way of thinking because he's been at it so long and because his his voice is loud. It's it's it it controls the airwaves. It controls social media. It controls so many different areas and so he's getting bolder because he thinks he's got more support and more people who uh, think the way he's telling them to think. And so as Christians, we can't be intimidated by this. We we still have the same work to do. Amen. It's, it's wonderful that God gives us one command. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it never changes. Amen. It doesn't change depending upon what the devil does. It's just always the same It's like, what are you going to say on my behalf? What are you going to tell the people? Are you going to tell them the truth? Or are you going to back down and let this lie be be the dominant voice out there? And so we have to be ever so so vigilant. And and uh, like, like the apostles, you know, when they, they healed that, that man that was sitting by the gate beautiful with Peter and I think it was Peter and John came by and they healed that man. That man got up He had, and they had seen him lying there all his life. He was well known sitting at that gate and begging, you know, because that's all he could do was live off the sympathy of others. And, you know, he wanted to be well. And when they looked in his eyes and saw that he had faith and they told him to get up in the name of Jesus and it turned that whole town upside down. Well, God doesn't care if he gets you in trouble. He wants to get his work done. He said, you're going to have trouble if you serve the devil. You're going to have trouble. If you serve me, you'll have some trouble, but it'll be worth your while. I'll come to your aid and your rescue every single time. Amen. And and when they were told not to pray in the name of Jesus, they went back to their their company and and what did they pray? They said, "God, give us more boldness." We just didn't have enough boldness the first time. Gives are we scared now but renew our boldness so we don't just cower back in fear and let this go like this. Don't let this be your last word here. And they asked for more signs and wonders. Amen. Signs and wonders got him in trouble. They said, let's give us more of them. Amen. Let's get it on. Amen. And so this is the way we have to pray as believers. You can't ask God to make the enemy leave you alone and, and give me something easy to do. And I don't want to do this no more. God, I just want to I want to stay in my house and pray. I don't want to ever go out and pass out of track or talk to you about it or pray for a, a person. No, we have to ask God to give us more. Uh, The enemy's he's he's mounted a counterattack here. I got to have some more ammunition for this old boy. He think he can run stuff around here. Let him know he don't run nothing, and he'll let him know through you, your voice, through and through other believers. We need to pray for others in the body of Christ to be bold and to be confident in God and come out of religion. You know, come out of this professing gloom and doom on everybody and. You know, judgment on everybody. Forget that. If judgment's coming, what are you doing to save souls? You you need to be working even harder if if that's what's on the agenda. And so uh, we we have to learn how to get in step with what God's doing, and and uh, just stay. But if you stay with the gospel, you stay with preaching, winning souls. Uh, Producing signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, praying in his name, expecting him to heal people, expecting him to set people free, cast out devils. You see a devil on somebody trying to harass them and make them sick. Tell it to stop in Jesus name. You understand what I'm saying? And and allow God to help people through you. This, this is not some contest to see who can holler the loudest or something like that, but it's to help humanity. Uh, compassionate people will do whatever it calls for and be led by the spirit of God. You know, don't just jump out there in your flesh and think you're intimidating the devil. He eats people like that for lunch. So, you know, we we need to understand that God will, will use us, but we have to keep ourselves in a position to be used. So walk in the spirit, be alert and awake and aware of what God wants you to do. And just always be about the father's business. And and God has good things in store for us, folks. He he really, really does. But until he returns, we are told to occupy until he comes. And we are told to uh, always have an answer for those who ask us about the hope that we have. You know, you look different. You act different. What's different about you? That's your open door to tell them it ain't me. It's the Lord. God has made this difference. I gave my heart to the Lord, you know, whenever and and just open that door opens for your testimony and allow God to use you. So so it's real good. So we're going to continue talking about the Jezebel and Ahab combination. And this is traditionally a passive male and a, a, a more a dominant, aggressive female. Uh, um, and also a female who's very, very subtle and into witchcraft when she needs to. So these two use witchcraft quite a bit to gain their power, and that is true about all spirits. Uh, you saw that with Pharaoh. He had magicians that knew how to uh, trick people's eyes and get their confidence and, and gain power by performing magic. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel had the same thing. They had the prophets of Baal that would prophesy lies to them, tell them they were going to do good. And really, remember now, they were both Israelites. They were servants of God. They were supposed to be uh, uh, worshiping the one true and living God. So, and they weren't doing it. They were worshiping idols and and uh, and killing God's prophets. Uh, Elijah was a prophet during that time, and he went to confront Ahab to give him good news, and Ahab said, oh, it's you. You are the one who troubles Israel, called him a troubler, and so true prophets always have this thing about them that's why many times that you'll see that they come and go in the scriptures you'll see them prophesying for a season then they're not mentioned anymore you know what I'm saying that just wherever they can yield to God they yield to God it's a hard office to stand in especially when you tell the truth or when you stand for God's truth and you're not trying to get anything for yourself You know, a lot of prophecy we hear now is not really coming from the heart of God. These people are just kind of hearing stuff and saying it's God because they don't know how to discern and, and know how to work with God enough to know what God wants them to say. So they say things they think people want to hear. You know, when you hear most prophecies about money, you know, God is not into money. That's not his realm. Now, he'll he'll take care of you. He's promised that. But it's not. that's more of the dark side where you go to fortune tellers. They deal in the realm of mam- mammon. God can bring you wealth. He can bring, He can deposit anything you need in your life. Boom, just like that. But he would rather develop relationship with us so that he can have us walk in faith for provision and stay off of trying to hear a word about something every time you need something you understand what I'm saying? You have that word inside of you. You just don't need somebody from the outside telling you what God says all the time. And so God has a a security blanket. Some of the things that need to be prophesied never get told because people just don't want to own those words. You know, they're they're kind of challenging for people uh, sometimes. And there are things that God sees in the future that people just don't want to see. You know, you get persecuted a lot uh, for what they call hard words. It's not hard; it's God's word. You know, judge that. You know, it's it's. What do you want? Some easy all the time? It just sounds silly to me. But but we always want to categorize prophecies, and you know, oh that that was a blessing. That was hard. That was, you don't even know the difference. You didn't even. Go open your Bible, go read the Bible, find out about something. Talk about hard words. I mean you look in here where uh, God tells you to pronounce a, a famine for three years and you got to figure out where you gonna eat. You understand what I'm saying? So I mean it, it, those things come from God, and there's famines that go on now. You know, there's always going to be famines in the earth. And so it's not like God's just picking on people and and giving somebody something unpopular to say. But if you want to know what God thinks, you can sure find out Amen. he he will bless you with knowledge and wisdom and all of the above. So so this is this is the way it is. So uh, Jezebel and Ahab have their own prophets that they listen to. And they don't like Elijah and his company of prophets. And there were other prophets there, too. God always has a lot of people. There were, as Jezebel was killing God's prophets, uh, there was one prophet that was hiding 50 of them in a cave so that they didn't get exposed Amen. And, and so they know how to preserve their lives too. And they were probably under the direction of God, uh, in that hiding place. You know, just stay tight because I'm working. I'm going to get you out of here and you're going to come out of here alive. And so this is, this is the way it is, folks. When you work for God, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you're called to do. And you've got to know, uh, what, when to speak and when not to speak. And so here we have Jezebel and Ahab controlling everything in that nation for evil and not for good. Uh, they stole a vineyard or a parcel of land from a man and killed him. Amen. Just because it, you know, Ahab woke up one day and said he wanted that piece of land because it was adjacent to his property. He was the king, but kings were supposed to respect boundaries. Amen. Because God gave that man his land. It wasn't it was never under Ahab's control. And he came in one day moping and whining and looking like a girl. Yeah, I said it. And and this is what happens when these two team up. They switch off. One day she's in charge. Next day he's whining and crying, asking her permission to do something. And so she asked him, what do you want? He told her he wanted that that man's uh, vineyard that was right next to their property and she found a way to get it from him and kill that man and take it away from him and just handed him the papers okay now what else you want you see what I'm saying see this upside down relationship is what they create and they create it in families married couples they create it in in singles you know people who don't get married but you know can't can't decide to get married and can't decide to move on either you know those kind of relationships anything where where it's not covered by God's word so if you're in a relationship you need to get it covered in God's word and you can't live with somebody out of wedlock and be covered by God so it's just not the way it operates God God is the one who developed marriage he created marriage he created that to shelter the husband and the wife. Amen. It's it's all marriage is already the rules, the regulations, all that's already decided. You can't come into a marriage and decide your rules and regulations. And so Jezebel and Ahab like to keep a bunch of confusion about stuff going on. They'll confuse what marriage is for, they'll confuse who can marry. So now that you see same sex marriages, calling them marriages. And get people confused about what, what they can do and what rights. And once the devil gets in a person's mind, they need deliverance before they can come out of that. You just don't don't all of a sudden start thinking right. Somebody has to pray and somebody has to bring you truth. And somebody has to confront these things on an open basis so that, that people can come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants people to live in truth. You can't as a Christian say, well, you know, that's them. I don't have nothing. Oh No, 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 no. Do you understand me? If you live in truth and God tells you to preach for him and he says, as I would be, what do you think Jesus would say to gay people? Do you think he'd tell them it's okay to be married? And it's okay to know. He'd tell them, go and sin no more unless a worse thing happens to you. And there are worse things. Do you understand? But we haven't seen the worst of things yet. And Because the devil's got some cooked up for his people all the time. This is their payoff. Your payoff for, for living in sexual sin is venereal disease. Sexually transmitted disease is what they call it now. And, and it's getting worse. They're finding more now there's been an upswing in congenital syphilis in newborns. Newborn babies. Never did anything wrong to anybody. Now they're bearing the brunt of their their parents' sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? So so the the devil finds a way to get in there and even though you may think you're free of it, he's you've got offspring. You got loved ones you got in God and the devil will tamper with anything that he can tamper with so that he can cause you harm and he can cause destruction and he can cause, cause upset. So repentance and living for God is the way out of their power. They have no power against the blood. Once you're obedient to God, once you're born again, and you're under the blood of Jesus, that covering, and you you live upright before him, then that is your protection, that is your shelter, and that is your safety. And that is why we preach the gospel. We want to bring as many people as we can under that covering and under the protection of God so that we can live normal lives. So you as a Christian, you have no right to tell a homosexual they live okay. It's okay the way they live. You don't go pick fights with them. You pray and you ask God an open door to give them truth. Amen. And, and always be willing to give truth to people. I see many people now, they, uh, they go on college campus, you know, the, these conservative uh, younger generation of people. They'll confront people who are transgender and tell them, you're not no man, you're a woman. You're not no woman, you're a man. You know, just tell them the truth. Sometimes you're the first person to tell them the truth. You don't know. Amen? So always have truth on the inside of you. You know, we love people. This has nothing to do with loving or not loving. Amen? This has to do with truth. And it has to do with obeying your mandate in the earth. If there's no truth in the church, there's no truth in the earth, folks. You just got it got to understand that. And so we are here to bring truth to people and, and to offer them a way to abide in truth, a way to live in truth, a way to live for God, a live a way to live free of the devil's power. And, and we've got to recognize these, these powers when they come about. And so Jezebel and Ahab are in charge of Uh, gender confusion so we'll talk about that a little bit more i know we we started talking about it some last time we talked about how uh, this pair is moving through the court system and how they're able to get leverage in the courts now because they have set the world up for being intimidated when they tell truth and so we've got to understand as believers That you have authority over these spirits. If you take authority over them and keep authority over them and understand their tactics and understand that they're always trying to, to tell you, you can't say something. You can't. You can't. They hate prophets and they hate prophetic people. They hate people who speak the word. That's what prophetic people. You don't have to prophesy to be a prophetic person. You just have to have the word of God in your mouth. Amen. Anybody can speak God's word in faith. Amen. So believers are prophetic people. We're people who declare the word of the Lord. Amen. And so when you declare God wants you well, you're a prophetic person. When you declare that by his stripes, we are already healed, that makes you a prophetic person. And so these these two hate the word of God. That's why they killed the prophets, and they were hunting them down all over Israel just to make sure they don't speak. They hate the word of God, and whatever they can do to intimidate people not to speak God's word, that's what they do. And so I know sometimes you notice you might want to uh, share Christ with somebody. And, and, you know, this thought comes to you, oh, well, they don't want to hear this. They don't want to get a look at them. Look at how this is them operating in your mind, trying to talk you out of witnessing to people, make you think it won't do any good. Any tactic they can do to press your mind to make sure you don't declare the word of God. This is what they're after. They're after to steal the word of God and to steal those who would speak God's word, the servants of God, and to cause you to to shut up all the time. So they're in charge of this um, um, gender confusion and what we call confusion. People in the world call it transgenderism. So what it means is that People are born the wrong sex, and at some point they have the ability to decide what sex they are. So they make it a decision for an individual. And when people who don't know God hear uh, you have a right to do, they get all wound up. You use that word around certain people and you see the fur fly. You understand me? Well, I've got a right to be whoever I want to be. i got a right to be. And people say, well, God made you. Dead. Well, He made a mistake. You know, they'll just fuss with you and fight with you and tell you all kinds of stuff. Amen. And I praise God for these people who are out counter. Pray for the counter protesters because they have been sent there by God with truth. Now, they don't. I don't know if they're all saved. I don't care. Jesus said, whoever is not against us, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You understand what I'm saying? And so whoever is there with a word from God or a word of truth, we're on their side. So we encourage that because we can't all get out there and do that. Amen. Some people are called to that and some people are not, but we can support them. Don't ever tear somebody. Well, you know, when you when you witness to people, you shouldn't talk like that. No, you shut up. Because if you were out there doing it, you wouldn't have somebody to criticize. You'd be taking the egg on your face like they are. You know, that's not an easy job to do. It just go up to strangers or stand up in a mall somewhere. Or a a uh, Walmart, <laughs> you know, or any public place, and declare the gospel. It's not easy to do. You got to have an anointing to do that. You got to be called to do it, and you can't get scared in the middle of it and go sit down somewhere. Amen. And so we we have to understand these things, folks. That, that you have to recognize who's of your uh, breed, who's who's the family. And we got to support family, even though sometimes they might be, you know, the oddballs in the family. If they're preaching for Christ, if they're telling truth, you got to support those people. You can't be against. Don't be fighting everything. We got one enemy. We don't need to fight each other in the house of God come on now you did you know maybe I don't I, you know if if, if I like to to uh, tell about people who have done great things for God and you don't think they were saved keep that to yourself I didn't we can't say most of them are dead now anyway we can't save them one way or the other but they left a mark why don't you go out there and try to leave your mark amen some people just leave confusion they think they're preaching the gospel but they leave a trail of confusion and a, a trail of criticism of people, you know, we don't we need we don't need critics. Trust me, if somebody is preaching for God and they're wrong, God knows He He lives inside of them. He can certainly straighten them out. It's not your job to straighten out everybody. And so, you know, get your own house straight. You know, most of those complainers and well, who in your house is saying, "Oh no, I'm the only one." They don't go to church. Well, you need to work on that. You know, you need to work on that. And so everybody's got work to do and everybody's got a job to do. So this gender confusion is Jezebel and Ahab. It's their domain because they were a confused couple. Half the time she was acting like the boss and he was the underling and and vice versa. And so when you see this combination, you know, it's not upright before God. It's not the way God intended things to be, nor did he want a, a man in charge who's going to intimidate everybody and try to boss everybody around in the flesh. So so you get all of these weird combinations when the devil is, is busy with people. But at the end of the day, they work together. And this is something that you've got to understand. Even though they seem to be enemies and seem to be at odds, they are working together. They give the impression that they're against one another, but but they get along. They're thicker than thieves. Amen. You'll see it: the husband and wife get mad, cuss each other out, and want to throw each other in the jail. And then Monday, they, baby, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, behind the closed doors, they back getting along again. You see, and they cause so much havoc and cause so much strife and confusion. And and that's those are are their weapons. They they want to tear things up, but they work together tearing it up. Amen. And so we got to understand this, be aware of it, but examine the fruit. Whenever you can examine fruit and see that it's not godly fruit. You know that the devil's working here, amen, so they produce fruit that is not a uh, godly fruit. so <clears throat> so actually, um, in this thing about gender confusion, now we're going to talk some about how it's working in the now, because I don't know about you, but I think a lot of this is accelerating at a rapid pace. It's changing faster than we can can look and see what's going on. Um, there, and I'm going to talk some about gender confusion in the world of sports because this is where you're seeing it being played out where the devil wants to get noticed. This is his thing. He wants attention. Why? So he can influence people. He's an influencer. And so he is influencing people through these outrageous uh situations that we think well who would be that crazy or who would be that you know first of all most most of this is coming from males who are infiltrating female sports you don't you see very little the other way around amen so there are males who are transgender infiltrating female sports and this has gone on for a while now um there was a, um, uh, back in, the, I think it was as early as the 1970s, this man, transgender man, Christine Jorgensen, played tennis and, um, and uh, was allowed to play in women's sports because it took everybody by surprise. And this is how the devil gets involved in stuff. He, it's a shock factor. And nobody saw it coming. Nobody knew it was going to affect things for so many years now. But that one seed has has produced a lot of fruit. It may take a seed a while before it catches on. But uh, Christine Jorgensen played uh, in women's tennis, I think won some tournaments. And then because of so much criticism and so much negative press, I think she was tried to. In, enroll in a uh, uh, a tournament and uh, i think more than 90 percent of the women who were going to play in the tournament just quit they just didn't play anymore so that ended the tournament right there and so a lot of sponsors who put up money for these things and want to get their money back and investors get upset and so i think it just kind of lay dormant for a while Now, all of a sudden, it's popping up like popcorn, like everywhere you look now. Some man who says he's a woman is getting involved in something and forcing people to accept it. And it's taken a while for the enemy to get things lined up just the way he wants to get people forcing people to accept gender confusion, gender reassignment uh you see the their their ranks are growing they grab anybody they can before it was uh um uh homosexual then it was l lesbian gay lgbt lgbtq lbj LMNOP. see the the alphabet never stops why because they keep adding names and 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 um uh, uh categories to make them feel more powerful see the devil does this he inflates his image he inflates his power the bible says he walks around as a roaring lion so he makes a lot of noise while he's doing something he'll do it under wraps for a minute but then he, when he wants to influence people, he gets out there and makes a lot of noise. And there are so many young people who have not been raised in church. They have not been raised with God. They don't know truth. This is the foundation of the problem. See, this is the problem we have. And you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's there. That they don't have a man in the household. and They got single this and so. it's the devil. I don't care how he comes. It's the devil. And it's the fact that these children have not been raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's the basic thing. And people don't want to say that. They want to blame it on something else that they can see that they think is the problem. But the root of the problem is evil. The root of the problem is that children are not taught right from wrong. They are not. We kicked God out of the schools a long time ago. And I say we because our government did it. Amen. And and people who are, are are anti-God and anti-Christ. And it's taken that a long time. It's taken them a long time to destroy the schools. But they finally done it. Because if, if the schools were good, normal people would be sending their children to public school. But they're pulling them out left and right. And they're pulling them out to homeschool. They're pulling them out to, to um, uh uh, what they call them, charter schools, all these different kinds of schools, because if you want your kid to have a decent education, you can't send them to a public school. Teachers indoctrinate them. They tell them if your child wears a, a, a T-shirt with a flag on it, American flag, they get told to go home and take the shirt off. Can't wear a flag, American flag to school. They don't salute They don't say the Pledge of Allegiance in school anymore. They definitely don't pray. They quit praying years ago. But anything that shows respect and honor for the government, for parents, for God, any of that's not tolerated in schools anymore. They call that hate speech. Oh, you mentioned God. That's hate. God hates people. No, no. Those people, those are hateful people that say that. Say this is wrong and that's wrong. You can't tell people anything they do is wrong anymore. Amen. Because if you do that, you'll get sued for hate speech. You got me? And so as believers, see, we're around believers all the time. We Christians live a kind of an insulated life. We can't afford to do that. We have to make a difference. You can't just huddle around Christians and feel safe and never pray. You're going to learn how to pray. You gotta learn how to stand against this stuff. You gotta learn how to look at stuff, and when you see the fruit's bad, know the root is bad. Amen. There's something rotten in the schools if the kids can't read anymore. They some of these high schools don't even read at fifth grade level, and the math is worse. And and we're not doing them any justice by sitting up shaking our heads and wondering what went wrong. You gotta pray. You can always talk to God about it and trust me he has a remedy but we got to be willing to fight we got to be willing to take up arms and and hit the devil and make him leave stuff alone so this gender confusion thing that goes on uh in in and it, it seems that there is a a movement here to um intimidate women to um, harm them to steal from them and to hurt them in this because men are allowed to and this is through all women's sports um there were there was at least two women that i read of who were in the female uh boxing and they allowed two transgender men to come in in this arena And how many of you know that hatred is hatred? And oftentimes these men do hate women because they're jealous of them. You got me? They've got something he don't have he wish he had. And so this one woman was severely injured, suffered a concussion, uh, and the referee just let this man beat her because that's the kind of sport it is. And people are so blinded. See. He, the referee thinks he's doing his job, just doing normal referee job. Well, if it was two women, it might be a little fair. But he's a, a man, and he's able to pound on this woman like this. And they've had two of them that had to quit their sport, sport they enjoyed. You got a right to, to play a sport if you enjoy it, and nobody has a right to come in and and damage you in that. They generally have had laws against you know, making sure that people aren't damaged when they... In boxing, men men have boxed for years. And they've always had laws to protect them. The referee is there to make sure the rules are obeyed and to know when somebody's on the verge of being severely injured and stop the fight in that case. But before he could stop it, I guess this man had really pounded this woman. And now she's not... I mean, she's just... barely living if you understand what I mean and so this is wrong folks it's 100% wrong but people think it's right see this is a problem we have people have been brainwashed into thinking that this type of behavior is okay they can't say it's normal they say it's okay they have a right see we don't say normal and abnormal anymore we say you have a right to do certain things so once they feel they have a right to it, then they go for it. So Jezebel and Ahab are responsible for this. Men are invading women's sports, their locker rooms, dormitories. Some, some colleges put tampon machines in men's bathrooms. That's how far they've gone. Amen. If a man thinks he's having a period, he's got a right to have tampons. So they put the machines in there. Recently, there was a protest on a college campus because somebody removed the men's tampon machines and they protested, put them back in there. Lawsuits dominate sports in the transgender area. We saw recently a young woman, Riley, I forget Riley's last name, but she's a swimmer. And she and a male swimmer, a transgender male, uh, had a swimming uh, contest. And it was pretty high up in in their association uh, where they, they tied, came in at the same time. Well, they gave the transgender man the trophy and she went home without one. So she sued. We came in in a tie. Why did he get a trophy and I didn't get one? And why is he in there, period? So it's been dragging out. And and there have been some people who have come to her defense. But crickets, why? Most people are afraid to speak up. And the church can't be afraid, too. We can't join the fear people. We have to get out there and speak God's word. At least pray that this God... Uh, gets this straightened out. He gets men out of women's uh, sports and women out of men's sports. Um, Women who are are incarcerated um, have been raped by transgender men that they put in the cells with the women. They put in a women's um, because they say they identify as a woman. You got me? So it's dangerous, and Jezebel and Ahab sit up and laugh when they see this going on, because look at what we did. We got all these people confused. look at them how they 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 bow to us. See this is a form of worship for the devil. you got me because when people bow and agree with this stuff and build a society based around this accommodating people who are are living a lie and confused, and really need deliverance, and need salvation, and need help. Do you understand me? And they're told that what they're doing is okay. You got me? So look at the fruit. If the fruit's rotten, the root's rotten. The whole thing is rotten. So we can't just sit up and just let people do stuff and shake our, oh, my goodness. No, you better pray, my goodness. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Take authority, my goodness. And if God shows you something else to do, you got to be willing to do it. My goodness. Amen. So um, we don't see the opposite. And that's kind of interesting. You don't see many women, trans women, or trans men competing in, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it anymore. But you don't see the opposite where women who say they are men Will go into men's sports. Wonder why. Huh? Because yeah, men aren't gonna put up with it. Real men aren't gonna put up with that. You find yourself at seeing stars the first time you suit up somewhere. You got me? And so, in in the majority of sports, a uh, male and female is respected. like the women wanted to play professional basketball they have their own league to play in same thing with men and so uh, and until they get really challenged it'll probably uh remain that way but this kind of attitude is ruining the sports world because people don't want to get involved they don't want to you see these young young girls who really enjoy their sport you know they they have rights too they got a right to you know, enjoy their sport. They have a right to um, swim. You know, if they want to be a competitive swimmer, but as long as men are up there to challenge them and take away from them, what point is there in them even trying if it's not guaranteed that they'll have fair competition all the way down the line? See, this is about more about fair competition than it is about uh, taking somebody's quote-unquote rights away from them. They have no right to do this. There's no right to do that. You have no right to insist people enter into your delusion. If you want to think you're something, you you'll help yourself. Until God delivers you, I guess you're going to be stuck like that. But you have no right to impose that on general society. And then penalize us people who are normal because we want to hold on to normal. And we challenge your your view of who you think you are. Amen. With God's truth. This isn't opinion. This is God's truth. He made a male and female from the beginning. God made you the right gender you were. So so this has been going on for some while. Where people are, are allowing this type of delusion and even encouraging it and promoting it. In many um, uh, school systems they are allowing books now in the library and in the classroom that tell children that they don't have to be the gender they were born with. And they tell them, they get them to question whether they're the right gender or not. Hath God really said? It's the same old trick. The same old thing. Has he see this is this is where the enemy gets a foothold he satan is so um (laughs) he's confused this is what you got to understand about him when he was before he got ejected from heaven he deluded himself into thinking he was god even though he was assigned to worship god he was assigned to to um um, be a part of what was going on in the throne, he began to uh, think himself bigger. He said, I will ascend to his throne. I will make myself God. Amen. And where do you see him operating where he's most effective is in that area with people in their identity. Amen. When, when he challenged the woman in the garden, he said, Uh, did God really say that? Oh no, this is what he meant. They always want to interpret God for you. He said, no, no, he didn't say that you were going to die. He said, actually, if you eat that, you're going to be like God. So he transfers his delusion onto people all the time. So really, iniquity has within it that gene of questioning your identity. There's a weakness in humanity called iniquity. Part of iniquity is questioning your basic identity. That's why people can get in the mirror and see somebody who really is a man and think they're a woman. Because there is a weakness in humanity that will make them weak to question their identity. What did he say to Jesus when he was up in the wilderness? Right after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, God gave him a prophecy. What did it say? Huh? After he was baptized and the heavens opened, spirit descended on him at a dove, the voice from heaven said, What? This is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. What's the first thing the devil asks Jesus? If you be the son of God, see that delusion about identity again. He puts that on everybody. He puts it on everybody. When you you first get saved, the first thing he'll tell you, you don't really get saved. You're not different. You haven't changed. It's your identity again. He attacks your identity over and over and over again. Your identity really is the foundation of your life. And see, he's taking that male-female identity from humanity now. Why? So he can stop life. He wants to kill. He wants us to cease to exist. He wants to get rid of those who are made in the image of God. He hates that. And why? how does he do it? Through stealing our identity. He can get you confused, get males thinking they're females and vice versa. You don't have children. You don't go forth and multiply anymore. You've got to have a straight identity about that to be, even be able to reproduce on the earth. So it's not enough he's killing babies. Now he's got another. He's always got another further to go in his delusion to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's destroying people. There have been several um, uh, uh, people, uh, several uh, uh, um, Congress investigations in Congress into uh, the whole transgender, the way medication is used, puberty blockers, uh, uh, genital reassignment surgery, all of this. And they have had a string of young people come in and testify. About how horrible their lives are. They said they did this to me when I was 12 years old. I was 11. I was, I I got a book in school and I read it and it said that I might be a man or I might be a, might might be a boy or, you know, vice versa. I might have been the wrong sex. And I mentioned it to my teacher and my teacher never told my parents. No, they have laws now where you don't have to tell your, the kids parent anything. How'd that happen? Let me see. Hmm. Oh yeah, we sent them to daycare, we sent them to school, and we never looked back and checked on them. Amen? While you were sleeping, crazy things happen. And then parents, are too busy. Well, I've been working all day and I don't have time. You better get your homework and do it you don't even notice what they're reading. See? It's a distraction. The two paycheck household has destroyed the security of the family. No, and don't make excuses for it. If it's true, it's true. You just have to find another way. Listen, when my parents my parents took care of us, my mother stayed at home with us. And we were thankful we didn't have a lot either. But what we had, we had. And what they felt was important. Was making sure we didn't talk back to nobody. We didn't sass nobody. We wouldn't fast. Putting on lipstick too soon. You know the whole nine yards. Not letting you advance too fast. And grow up too fast. Before you were mentally ready to handle the responsibility of it. That was part of it. The other part was that you went to school to learn. You had to get good grades, or they weren't pleased with you, and you knew it. So the basics, they were preparing their children for life. And it never dawned on them that somebody else could do it better. You know? My mother, because she stayed at home, she would keep the children of some of the working women. There weren't many of them. But she would keep their children sometimes. And the children were were always a little moody, a little melancholy, a little this, a little that. And and needed a lot of attention. That kind of thing. So there's a fallout from it. Don't pretend like there isn't. If there's problems, there's problems. Own them and fix them. There's a fix for everything. But you got to own it first. You can't assume that everything's okay. So now the government thinks they own your children. Took them a while. I would say four or five decades. But now they own your children. And they can go to court and prove it. You want to tell the, the child they're not transgender? You can't. Because they didn't have to tell you. There's laws that say they don't have to tell your child. Tell you anything they're giving. They've been giving birth control to, to, to girls in school forever and not telling the parents. Under reproductive rights. What reproductive right does an unmarried 12-year-old or 13-year-old have. Do you understand me? So we got to get Jezebel and Ahab out of the court system, folks. Make them put them, uh uh-uh, you reverse them laws. You give people control back. You know, every time they have elections, read the issues, read the fine print and see what's being, don't listen to the propaganda that they put on the airwaves go read it for you can go online there's no excuse for ignorance now you can go online and read anything about anything but look at what you're you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to amen so that you can can understand how to back up your prayers if you're praying to God for these things to stop you got to back it up with your vote amen and understand that you can't talk both ways and see God's results so you gotta know these things. People gotta take their heads out of the sand and, and just be able to confront these things wherever they see them. So we see the courts are backed up with cases having to do with transgender and they call it mutilation because that's what it is. They used to say transgender surgery, but that's not what it is. You talk to some of these people that have, um, have permanent catheters in. Because they have tried to take and reconstruct their, their sex organs. And it didn't work out. So they, they can't use uh, urinate properly. They can't. It's just a mess. Some of them have continual infections. They're on antibiotics continually. So this has been an experimentation on people who are confused. And just wound up telling the wrong person the wrong thing. And got caught up in a vortex of in in the devil's laughing, he's having a good time with this. Why? Because he's making people's lives miserable. If he can can cut away the genitals of one person, that's one person that can't reproduce. And he's after humanity and killing humanity as fast and as 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 um, uh, painful as possible. Amen. So, the enemy makes uh, threats to speaking out. Why don't we go there in 1 Kings chapter 19. This is how Jezebel and Ahab operate. This is after Elijah has killed all the prophets of Baal. This was necessary for them to get water again. There's a drought that ended. He had a conversation with Ahab and told him that this drought is going to end. And so uh, first saw him, who troubles Israel. And so uh, he, he was able to assemble all of Israel up to Mount Carmel, where he had a showdown with, with uh, Baal, his God and Baal. And this was necessary because there were a lot of Israelites that were worshiping Baal. They had a lot of little groves that they set up and little altars they set up. And they would make offerings to Baal. And God said, "Okay, I've had enough. I'm giving them one last chance to serve me, to repent and come over to my side. And so when Elijah goes up to Mount Carmel, he is able to convince the people Uh, that that the Lord was God because he put they made a sacrifice and he called on the prophets of Baal he said we'll set up a sacrifice here and I want you to call on your God first and the Bible says they called on him from early morning to late at night uh, uh, demons like bloodshed so they cut themselves so that they could shed blood so Baal could show up and he never showed up. And Elijah said, what's wrong? Is he busy? Can he hear? Holler louder, whatever. But, you know, get him on the phone. So if he can come here and light this fire under this sacrifice, we'll know he's God. So when Baal didn't, Elijah called an end to that nonsense they were doing. And he told them to find water and pour on the sacrifice. And he said, called us God. And he told the people, he, he said, that by fire, he's God. Now, Israelites knew this. Their God always answered by fire. Amen. And still does. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Ghost and amen. So the God is consistent throughout the word of God. The God who answers by fire, he is God. When the first uh, sacrifice was made under the Mosaic law, God sent fire from heaven to light that altar. Now they had let it go out. and They had gone off and quit worshiping God. But he always lit his own fire. You don't strike a match and have an altar to God. Amen. And so Elijah said, the one who answers by fire, he is God. And it says the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust and licked up the water that was around the trench. So God is a consuming fire. So he answered and the people of Israel saw it and they repented. They said, the Lord, he is God. And so Elijah then told them to get grab the last prophets of Baal and kill them all. And they did. And so when Jezebel heard it, 19 verse 1, it says here, Ahab told Jezebel, now there he goes whining like a woman to his wife, all that Elijah had done and how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, oh, let's do to me and more also, if I do not make your, if I make not the life your life as the life of one of those. In other words, tomorrow, this time, now she's borrowing his words. Amen. Haven't we seen that phrase in the Bible before? About this time tomorrow, she got enough nerve to set a time on where she's going to do. So she sends messengers to put fear in the prophet of God. Amen. And, and when people, uh, sometimes you will sense that. You know, I don't know if I should tell so-and-so this. Or, you know, you you feel like God has told you to tell somebody something and you just feel nervous about it or feel fear about it. Sometimes that's just human flesh. But if it's a word from God and it must be delivered, it's a messenger from her. It's not her. She don't come down and talk to people. She sits on a throne. She'll send messengers, though. Messengers really don't have much power other than what they say. So these are just voices that we hear. And if we'll obey them and we'll bow to them, we'll miss what God has for us to do. And so she sends this messenger to threaten Elijah and say, tomorrow, this time, I'm going to kill you and yada, 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 yada. And Elijah runs from her. Amen. And God finally catches up with Elijah and in kind of straightens him out lets him know you know the drought's over buddy you know I mean you know it's it's all smooth sailing from now you can eat and all this kind of stuff but he's come become overwhelmed now by the voices that are chasing him and intimidating him. And needs desperately to hear the word of the Lord, so that's your your antidote for any fear, any voice that comes to you and tells you uh if you do this, you're not gonna you know a lot of times you know you you have to speak up sometimes about certain things, or you know if if you're a parent you are one of your children gets in trouble at school or A kid is bullying your kid or your kid bullies somebody and there's confusion there. You might be nervous about going to confront, but understand that God is always with his servants. Whether you did good or bad, you understand whether the the situation, whether you think it's going to work in your favor or not. God is always with you. He won't leave you there alone and he will always go and speak on your behalf. He's not going to throw you to the wolves by any stretch of the imagination. Always ask God for mercy. Don't go to God and tell him you didn't do nothing wrong. You understand me? You know He knows what you did. He doesn't need to hear that, but what he needs to hear is that you are humble to him. You're contrite. And you are trusting him through it, Amen. He wants to hear a, a word of trust out of you, and so once you, he understands that you trust him. Then the rest of it is up to him to do what's right on your behalf. And and you always ask God for mercy. God, I messed up, or so and so messed up, and can you show me some mercy here? I, I don't need to have to go through this. And so He is a God; His mercy endures forever. So. um it, it, and so Elijah gets this message that puts fear in him. And, and this is what we have to fight all the time is fear of man. Amen. And the only person who can deliver you from that is God. He delivers you from fear of man. The other thing you need to know, Jezebel and Ahab are, are involved very much in uh, social media. And controlling speech through social media. This is their domain. They want to control what you say. They want to be the ones to have all the voice all the time. Amen. They only want their side to be heard. And so they will tell people, you can't say this. You'll see people who have been uh, uh, on social media, they've been sued by people who generally would not sue anybody for saying the things that they say. But it's going to court and people are winning in court. Why? Because people in court are intimidated, too. They get the same messages we get. And the judges are told, you know, this person is, is, you know, this is a free speech case. This person is speaking Bible or they're trying to tell truth. They don't want to transgender people to be confused anymore. So they're telling them they don't have to be transgender. So they get judged against. Amen. They lose the case. This is happening all over, folks. Why? Because these two morons are running things. Jezebel and Ahab. I'm talking about demons. I ain't talking about people. You got me? Because they are morons. They're crazy. Because a lot of this stuff is crazy. We've got uh Health and Human Services Director is a transgender is a man that thinks he's a female. Just as ugly as they come. Don't look like a woman one little bit, but he's sitting up there and he's signing people's paychecks and people have to respect him as a normal person, a sane person. We used to classify this as a mental illness. Now all of a sudden, you're a hateful person if you tell people that. We just have to be uh, tolerant. Well, they call it uh, uh, affirming. Um, What are these? Yeah, something affirming and all of this. And, and, uh, you know, you you can't hate on people. They have a right. You you, you start messing with people's rights, and that's when you're really in trouble, folks. So uh, this confusion has increased. It hasn't gotten any easier. Which means that our prayer and our determination to bring it down, you're bringing down Jezebel and Ahab, not people, folks. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know that. This this is bigger than just a human being. You know, Humans can be easily convinced one way or the other. God can convince these people of the truth. But he's got to have somebody's willing to tell the truth. The truth just doesn't come out of thin air. It has to be declared and it has to be spoken. And so pray for these people. Some of these young people who are going on college campuses and refuting these lies, pray for them to be heard because they'll they'll get to the point people shout them down so much that they can't speak. They have to cancel their speeches all over the place. Why? Because the devil's people are so crazy. They figure the louder they get, the more intimidating they are. And, and some of these people, are, they foam at the mouth and spit when they talk and don't even talk in a normal tone of voice anymore. This is totally demonic. And so anybody who's ever had to deal with this can tell you what, what the atmosphere is like in these places. And so it's these young people are being deceived, folks. They're being deceived by an evil devil who started out in heaven, okay, and then he developed an identity problem. And he's been giving people identity issues ever since. So we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to stop this madness. Raise up more voices. That This is what we do. We know that uh, prophetic people aren't your normal run-of-the-mill Christian. Most Christians just want to, uh, they don't even pray. So, you know, prayer is something that's rare. It always has been in the church. So it's not like we're the only ones doing anything right. I wish there were more of us. But but it's rare that you find people committed to prayer. Why? Because they, they feel like they got other things. Oh, well, I got to take care of this and I got to do that and I don't have time. Yada, yada. You understand what I'm saying. And so there's always some excuse, but we don't make excuses. We just allow God to use us and, and uh gladly so because we want to do the will of God and the will of God is always toward true liberty true freedom the truth of his word that people would know the truth and it would set them free amen that they would get truth in their inward parts so that they have another voice telling them this is not right look at yourself mirror you're not a man you're a woman you're not a woman you're a man you understand what I'm saying so they need truth in their inward parts and that's what we're going to impart to them today we're going to pray for uh, crimes against children that this is a crime against our our people our children vulnerable children and so we're going to pray for this to cease and for God to be glorified in everything father in heaven we thank you for allowing us this opportunity. We're in your throne room, Lord, because we've been invited there because the blood of Jesus has paid for all of our iniquity, all of our sin. Father, we renounce uh, Jezebel and Ahab and we thank you, Lord, that we are free from that power in our thought lives. We don't have to have sympathy with people who are wrong and who are deceived, but we can preach truth and we can declare truth so that they can receive truth in their inward parts. So we thank you, Lord, for washing us clean in your blood. Forgive our sins, Lord. Cleanse us that we might come in your presence, and we might pick up the mantle of prayer and declare these things to be thus and so in the earth. So let it be uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Let it let let the earth be free of the devil's dominion, the devil's control, especially in our government and in our courts and in high places that make decisions that we all have to live with. So we thank you, Father, for eradicating this problem, removing this from our midst, and we thank you. We bind the lust, hate, and murder triad. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents. We lose godly wisdom over parents. We declare our homes upright before You, Lord, that the hearts of the fathers turn toward their sons and the sons toward their fathers. Thank You for protection uh, from uh, by the heavenly host of of people who are living upright before You. We break mind, occult, and drug culture powers over these children. In the name of Jesus. We cut Jezebel's cords to her children. We show no pity if she weeps for them. We said, let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths. That children, they're raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We break the power of witchcraft in schools and in children and in the home. We thank you to take weapons, uh, 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 put them out of the way of children so that children won't have easy access to guns and and, uh, weapons that could kill. And we thank you, Lord, to give parents a wisdom in how to uh, keep these things out of their easy reach. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. We break the power of gangs. We say make them undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft in schools uh, that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorists, internet stalking, and transgenderism. In the name of Jesus, Jezebel, we bind your false family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely and rejected children. Father, fill up their loneliness with your love. And Father, we cast down these vain imaginations that tell these children that they were born the wrong sex. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are setting them free as we speak in the name of Jesus, that you're sending a word of deliverance to these young ones in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. Let these children experience your love. Let these parents turn their minds of the parents away from this uh, ungodliness and make the children wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to draw children to clean entertainment, child-friendly stuff. This stuff that Disney puts out is an abomination, Lord. They are grooming these children too. So we thank you, Lord, that parents will have to be vigilant over their children and teach them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and bring that Bible out in the home. Allow the Bible to be able to be prominent in their homes, even if they only know one scripture or one story, Father, that they can at least impart there to their children so the children have life in them and not this death. And we thank you, Father for helping these children to know the right way to go. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God. We're going to pray our declaration. I want to pray for Karen Gould, for success, and and that she is healed. That's never changed. Amen? She is still healed no matter what procedures need to be done, Father, we ask you to guide the hands of the doctors that these procedures go out flawlessly and that they will confirm her healing and be successful in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. Amen. All right, I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I don't have whatever else you're fighting. Amen. And it don't have me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.